everyone else could be with you whatever way we can be with you. I was thinking as the song was playing and looking around this beautiful church, what a beautiful congregation you are, even though I can't see you. Just thank you so much for your faithfulness. And these times that we're going through, sometimes, you know, distance actually makes us closer. It's kind of a paradox, again, I think, about our Christian faith, but, but it really does. And so I've been thinking about you all so much, and I know you have each other, and let's continue to ask God to help us walk by faith. And we have a special opportunity to do that like never before. And so may the Lord bless us. You know, really, if you think about it, we know from uh, what God says in his word about our salvation that, that we're in Christ. We also know that God's word says that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, that He's with us everywhere we go. So really, when you think about it, if we're in Christ and Christ with us, we can't be very far away. So I pray that God will bless us to rejoice in this great salvation. And even though we can't be together as the local body of Christ, we are together in our spirit, in our minds, in our hearts. And we're knit together by the unfailing love of God and the power of the cross of Calvary. I would ask you now, would you consider joining me with prayer? You know, prayer, I want to have a prayer with you. And uh, if you're with somebody, with your family maybe, or, or a small group, uh, or friend, uh, would you consider joining hands right now, would you please? Uh, would you also, if you're maybe by yourself, uh, you can join your precious memories to maybe a departed loved one or friend. And in any case, may we, as we pray, have the mentality of the Mary that sit at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Would you bow with me as we pray together? Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in a maybe a little different context in some ways than we've been before. Lord, so many times you filled this great sanctuary with your people, not only here, but multiplied millions of other places and other people. And now, Lord, we find ourselves not able to come into your house, your house of prayer, your house, O oh Lord, that is a place we've shared much joy and, and tears also. And we ask you, Lord, to be merciful to us as we bow before thee. Lord, we have learned in the last few weeks really how much gathering together really means to us. And we know, Lord, we've neglected in so many ways to assemble ourselves in the right attitude that you would have us. Not necessarily more that you were chasing us for it, but it just makes us see how we've taken for granted, maybe, just coming into your house and sitting down and being together and hearing your word and singing those blessed hymns of grace. Lord, how it strengthens us. And I pray, O oh Lord, as we bow before thee, that you would have mercy, that by your gracious will, Lord, that very soon we can be back together. And Lord, while we wait, whatever time you have with us, because Lord, we have had an opportunity to be alone, maybe more with you than we've been before. We've been away from the world and so many of the activities that we've learned uh, were not really necessary at all. And yet, Lord, we have come probably closer to grips with our faith and with the reality of the people that are most important in our lives. And we thank you for our families, those we're holding hands with. And we pray, O oh Lord, that, that we would all know you as our Lord and Savior, and that you would draw us all closer together 
And Lord, I, I know that there's some that, that is bowing with me in prayer that have lost, even recently, some precious loved ones. And Lord, even though we, we miss them and, and long for their fellowship again, we, we're thankful in a way that they're not having to face this virus pandemic. And I pray, O oh Lord, that you bless the sweet memories of those departed loved ones. Help us, Lord, to rejoice, to look to the unseen of knowing they're in heaven, celebrating life eternal with you, where there are no viruses and hospital beds and ventilators. And your Lord, yet while we're here, we pray that your remembrance, we know that you know we're dust and that we're weak. And we need you so much, Lord. Spiritual warfare seems to be so much greater when we're not together, when we're lonely. And yet, Lord, we know that Satan loves us to be apart. But more powerful than that is your great salvation. And Lord, you have redeemed us by the blood of your only begotten Son. And you've given us as a free gift eternal life. And that is, Lord, to know you, the one true and living God. Oh, Lord, as we be still, have been still maybe more than ever before to know you. Thank you so much for eternal life, the preciousness of it. We pray, oh, Lord, too, that we know your church is a community. And you've redeemed us to be one, and you will bring us together to be one. And whether, Lord, it's your will that we ever gather in public worship again here on earth, we know that one day we'll... Sing with the multiplied millions of all your saints in heaven. We thank you, Lord. We ask you to strengthen us. I pray that you bless everyone here today. That you bless their hearts and their thoughts, their families, their weaknesses, their doubts and fears may be driven away by your amazing grace. Now, Lord, we certainly need your grace and we need your strength. We pray for those in the warfare that are really putting on the bridges of grace and working in the hospitals, the caregivers, the medical staffs, doctors and nurses, and all of those, Lord, bless them. Give them strength to protect them and their families. We ask you, Lord, now to watch over and care for us, and we thank you that as we pray, we know that you can touch us by your spirit, that there's no building, there's no um, barriers, the touching of your spirit. And so, Lord, would you help me treat your precious word? I know that I'm weak, and there's so much I don't know, but there's nothing you don't know. And, Lord, I know that we've changed, and so much is needful, but you never do. So we're going to base it, Lord, on your unchanging word and your uh, amazing grace and your unseparable love. Bless us now for Christ's sake. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Heal our land. Bring us closer to you. Make us more aware than ever, Lord, that we can't do without you. And that you are the most important person. You are God. And we thank you, Lord, that we can praise your holy name this beautiful Sabbath morning. And I pray for each of these that are watching, worshiping with us today, wherever they are, that you just fill them with much grace. That we would take this time, oh Lord, to just rejoice that you are our God. And there's no virus going to take that away. We thank you for loving us and for giving us your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you all. I want to 
ask you this morning to turn with me to the New Testament book of Galatians. We've been there, and I said last time we met in this live streaming uh, context that, you know, I wanted to stay in the uh, continuity of a theme that I'd started before the virus uh, actually was known, and we were called to not worship or shelter in place or whatever, but I was going to continue that, but it's amazing what I found that it all falls in place. I was talking about the cross and the theme that I've tried to endeavor to, to sort out and deal with and extend upon is, is called cross life. And uh, I believe that right now we see the magnitude of cross life as we deal with the battles of this uh, coronavirus and the the fact that God is weaning us from the world, I think really that's happened. It, it may be, uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe not the direct path that we thought it might be, but it, but it is an intrinsic reality that we now are more aware of really what's important in our life. Well, in the four messages, I think this is the fourth one of cross life. Uh, I've tried to stay all in the book of Galatians because the book of, book of Galatians, I believe it's a transitional kind of book. And uh, the Apostle Paul was uh, writing this to Rome and he's writing it to uh, believers, Judaizers, that, that had gotten away from, from the truth that salvation was by grace. And that really the power of our salvation is in Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. That's what he preached about. That's the point. And that's the point we need to know. Because you know what we really need to know, the question is, the most fundamental question, I'd say the most important question that we have to answer is how are unholy sinners like us going to stand before a holy, righteous judgment of God? How are we going to do that? Uh, and you know, the cross is the answer to that. That better be the, the great uh, question. And, and when that's answered, we can have peace no matter no matter what else is going on. We're here in the chapter six. Now, I didn't say that. Turn there with me. Chapter six of Galatians. I'm going to read starting at verse eleven and through the end of the verse or chapter. And uh, I want you to read with me. But before I do, look at look at verse nine. It says, "And let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not." So now we have to press on. We have to blow our backs. We have to realize what God has really saved us for. We have to realize that faith has to grow in our lives. Following God is a, is a committed, uh, consecrated effort that God enables us when he gives us his spirit. But be, be for sure you know and that I know that God is not going to share glory with another. So when we start fooling around with the world or start fooling around like some of these Galatians uh, about something else besides Christ being important to us, then God's going to remind us. And I think he's doing that now in this world. But anyway, let's don't be weary in well-doing. I know you're doing that. I don't, I don't want you to be encouraged because we need encouragement. And these verses are encouraging, I, I pray. But let's go to verse 11. And Paul says there, through the Holy Spirit, you see how large a letter have written, I have written unto you with mine own hand. And so see when you write a letter, it means something. 
You know, it, it's, it's time that we write down things. Uh, when you write something down, uh, you really get your thoughts and heart all in it. I, I did, and this is just a little point from the local church here, Statesboro Family Baptist, but if you have been given a burden at all from God to write a devotional, you know, we asked you to a while back, an Easter devotional, uh, Because He Lives is the title of it, just a short do it. What, what a time we have to do that. And I know you have so many experiences and try to get them into the office by the middle of next week. Because we're trying to put together a little book together, Easter devotional. We can rejoice in it. And I believe, especially at times like that, it draws closer to death together. Because your experiences, God has given you, God has not given us that to hoard it up. He wants us to share it so that we can be strengthened. So Paul has written it down, and he says he's written it with his own hand. He says in verse 12, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. So what he's saying here is that there's people that they want to make a show of this stuff. You know, religion can just be a show. And here we understand it's not a show. Hey, there's nobody in this room. I'm not up here today to be to be a show. I'm really not much of a camera preacher. I'm not. But, but my heart is that we would know Christ. And so what they were saying is, Paul was saying, you know, there's some of you guys that, that you want to be, you want to you want to flout your your religion. In this case, being circumcised, but you don't want to have to suffer. You don't want to have to deal with the, 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 the suffering that God has called us to bear uh, as Christians. You remember the great theme of our discipleship is that we in ourselves take up our cross daily and follow him. Now you know as well as I that if you have been able to do that more fluidly and freely lately than you ever have. I'd say this God in a way is forcing us to fast in some ways. He really is. And may, may the Lord. I, I think it's been a great blessing to me though I've seen my sins more real than for. I've seen my I see my nothingness, I see my weakness, but I also see the greatness of God in the power of his cross. And that's my whole, my, my title, by the way, of this lesson, and I'm getting ready to give you that anchor verse to deal with that. It's the praise of sacrifice, the praise of sacrifice. But in verse 13, for neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. See, circumcision was a, was a man, you know, a fleshly thing, and, and so something to show. But see, salvation, and this is why we need to understand that, is, is, is something that God does to our heart. And it's about what God has done to us through Christ our Lord and how he's blessed us to see that. But here's verse 14. Here's where I get the title, the praise of sacrifice. Now, I want you to listen to the Apostle Paul. And ask God to help us rejoice with him and see that in these days we're living. He says, but God forbid that I should glory. In other words, don't let it be. God forbid that I should glory. Paul says, I'm not going to glory in circumcision. I'm not going to glory in what I know. And, and Paul knew a lot. He was a very educated man. I'm not going to glory in what I have. And you know what? You can't glory in what you got me. You can't glory in, in the church. You can't glory in the preacher. You can't glory uh, in your in your stocks. You can't glory in your vacation. You don't have it. I mean, we don't, we don't do it now. 
So, so he says, God forbid that I should glory, say, in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only thing to glory the only cross. By whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. You know, Paul's boasting in the cross, in the cross but the Greek of the boast is praise. He says, I'm praising the cross. And the ultimate praise of the cross is the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only begotten Son of God who took on flesh for us, who sacrificed the, the very portals of glory to come live on earth and to be treated like a dog, to be treated in disdain, to be rejected, to be beaten, and to be ultimately put on the cross and to do that for us. That's what Paul says, I'm going in. That's the banner I'm going to hover under, by whom the world is crucified unto me and unto the world. You see, that's the effects uh, of the world, the world system is being crucified. And you've seen that, and I've seen that. That's another uh, value, I believe, that, that we're seeing in this um, coronavirus uh, banning or shutdown, if you will. Uh, of life as we know it on earth. Not that it's that comfortable, but what it does, it, it's crucifying us in the way to the world. Or in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. See, that's the power of the cross. I'm talking about praising the sacrifice. You know, when you get your power to get through these days, you're going to get it from the cross. What Jesus did on the cross for you. So we can focus on the cross it's going to give us strength to get through these days. And that's what God has called us to do, to praise the sacrifice. So he says in verse 16, For as many as walk according to this rule, that is this principle, that is the principle that Jesus is the only one to glory. Jesus is the only one that, that, that we're to see his crucifixion because of that, the power of enough God. It's not that God is remodeled. You see, God is, God is not interested in us wanting to do better. What God wants is our sins, okay? Because that's what he died for. And so when we just give them to Christ and understand that we, we just fall into Christ's arm, just quit trying to be somebody, you know, this is a good time to do that. It's kind of, it's kind of easier to do than to spend. We don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to, to worry about what are we going to do or how many people we're going to entertain or who we got to please. Uh, what we need to be understanding is, is we just need to fall in the arms of Jesus. And you know when we do, we're going to wake up in garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, where he bowed and he prayed. And he said, Father, if it could be thy will, let this cup pass from me. See, we don't like this situation that we're in. None of us do. And so we cry out to God. But, but his cross, his power, his, his steadfastness says to us, Jesus says, Nevertheless, Father, not my will, but thine be done. So that's where we're going to be. And what a blessing. Then he goes up to say, From henceforth, let no man trouble me. For I bear in my body the heart to the Lord Jesus. You know, Jesus says, you remember John 14, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. And you know what? It's all right for them to be broken, but we should not let our hearts be troubled. God has not given us a, a, a spirit of fear. And we're not to be cowards. We're, we're, not, we're, we're to come under the banner of the cross because God has given us this. And he says, don't let your heart, don't let, he said, you believe in God. 
They've lost it in a minute. So God knows that God is going to bless us and he's coming and he's blessing us. He went to place to prepare a place for us called heaven. And you know what? This earth, think about this with me. Listen to me. This earth is not our final home. We're pilgrims and strangers here. And these days kind of remind us of that more. We, we, we're all pilgrims. Brethren, he says, and here's the closing verse. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So, so that verse is so powerful. But I want to go back to verse 14 in a second. But, but about grace. You know, the last, very last verse of the Bible, Revelation, ends with grace. God ended his written word, revealed word, with grace. And he started in Genesis with God. And that's how it is. I mean, we're going to start with God and it ends in grace. And God's grace is sufficient for us. Now, what does it take for us to be reminded of that and to really know that? It takes problems. It takes trials. You remember the Apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh. And he prayed three times to be removed. And God never removed him. And God's reason was, Paul, what I want you to understand is when you're weak, then are you strong. And he says, I want you to know, and this is what God wants us to know right today. I believe this with all my heart, that his grace is sufficient. Do you believe God's grace is sufficient? His grace is unmerited favor. I want you to know that God loves you. God loves you with the unfailing love. And you know what? Whether the virus gets us all or not, understand this. God says in Romans 14 He says, if we live, we live unto the Lord. If we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or whether we die. What? We are the Lord's. The Lord has bought your soul by the precious blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And God is never going to give up. He's never going to let you go. We might not understand it all. We don't really need to have all the questions answered. What we really need to do is fall on our knees and thank God that he's given us salvation. And that he's blessed us with his precious blood. And that he loves us. And that he has a plan. And that he has a purpose in everything that he does. And oh my goodness, we need to praise him for being solved. Really? To get to the point of my message this morning is let's praise the sacrifice. You know, if we if we got if we got more involved in praising what Jesus did on the cross, I'm convinced that 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 we could get away from some of the doubts and fears we have. Because he did it all. He conquered our greatest enemy on the cross. He paid our sin debt in full. Um, what a what a blessing we have in Christ. So let's not let the meager elements of this world bog us down and let's look to Christ who for the joy that was set before him endured the shame and went to the cross of Calvary for us and for the Father to please the Father. Now, I want to say three things about this from this text that I think we can take and apply to our lives as Christians Right in the midst of these unsettling times, these dark days, if you will, that we're in. Because I really believe, and I've said this before, this is the foundational platform for revival. Because what revival is, is coming to grips with God's word in the more reality, having a more passion for the word of God and for Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. What brings it? it? It comes a lot of times when everything else is taken away. When, when we have to get to the point of life where God just gives us a glimpse and that's what he's doing that we really can't do anything without. You know, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. 
shout the house down. We all did believe that all of our Christian life probably, but, but now the reality of it actually is true. We can't do anything without him. Nothing. But with him, we can do all things. And so may the Lord bless us. Here's the things I want us to see from this 14. That's the key verse of pray, the praise of sacrifices. The praise of sacrifice. But God forbid that I should glory, Paul says, say in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't have glory. Not your money, not your family, not your looks, not your preaching, not anything. Uh, whatever you have, be glory in Christ. And you know what? God is not going to share his glory with another. He's not. By whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Okay, here's the first point I want to say. We, we praise the sacrifice because it is the only path to God. The cross. That's the only path to God. There's no other way you can come to God. So what, what do you think about it? Think about these days. One of the things that I think is something you would all would agree with me on this morning is that we need God. <laughs> I mean, we, we, not that we have ever thought maybe we didn't, but now we see for sure we need God. I mean, you walk into the grocery stores and you see some empty shelves, and then you see the, the scroll of the dead uh, that come on, comes on the news and, and all the effect, and you wonder. And, and, and so we need God. So, so then how do we get to God? There's only one way, the cross. See, that's why we need to praise the sacrifice. This, this is the only path that God has given, that, that, that really we've come to really have that nothing matters but God. That's the only thing that matters. And so if nothing matters but God, then we have a great desire to get to him, to find his sheltering wings, his shadow of grace. So how do we do that? We go through the path of Christ and there's no other way. And so he says, Jesus does. You remember in John uh, 14 also, he says, no man comes unto me but by the Father. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's what Jesus said. He is the path. And so what a blessing, what a blessing that is. You know, I remember years ago, it's been a long, long time, believe me, I'll never try this now, but uh, I was probably, uh, I don't know, maybe upper 20s or low 30s. Uh, I went on a ski trip with some folks in my business in South Carolina. We went up in North Carolina mountains and uh, a friend of mine, we had been in school, high school together, played ball together, and we got on a ski slope. Now, we never skied along. But I remember going up this ski chair, the ski lift, ski lift, and so we didn't get off at the right place. We went on up to the, you know, there's three slopes. I, I believe that's right. There's a beginners, intermediate, and an expert. Well, we, we got to the expert slope before we realized, and then we had to get off. So we get up there, and I'm wondering, I mean, we had our skis, but we didn't really know how to ski. So what happened, so what happened, uh, we would try to, uh, I saw a path behind this little booth where the security guy was, and I started walking, and the guy starts tapping on the window. He says, no, you, you, that's the wrong way. And he was pointing for me and for my friend to go down the slope. That's the only way to get there. It's the only way to get back to where we started, the lodge. And so we had to understand, we had to get there. We had to get there. And that was the only way to get there. And so what do we do? 
we went down this low. Now, it wasn't very brutal, but I remember, we both remembered, our, our, our coach told us to stay low. That was a call, you probably didn't, wouldn't mean that much to you, but I remember it said, stay low, you know? So, so we got down low, and that just made us go faster, and we started rolling, and we went all the way down, and I never forgot that little trip, but it taught me that, listen, you know what, there was only one way down, and then maybe we just gotta get down low. We gotta get down low. You know, there was a little bird calling in our house one day over at uh, where we live, and we got this long hallway, and this bird got in the house some way, and we wanted to get the bird, bird out of the house, but he kept bumping his head on the roof, and I mean, the ceiling, and the walls, and finally, we were trying to get him out without curtain, we had the doors open, you know, and, and finally the little bird, the little bird just gave up, and he went down on the floor, and he spread his little wings out, and you know what? We were able to, to shuffle him gently out, open the door, and he flew away. I believe that that's a picture of, of how we need to do as God's people. When we got to humble ourselves because God has given us a way out, and that is a path uh, of God. Jesus Christ is that path. You know, Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 6, 16. Similar situation. He says, listen. He says, stand ye in the way. And see, and, and look for the old path, and walk, he says, in the old paths. What is the old path? The old path or walking by faith. You go to Hebrews chapter 11 sometime today, and just read that chapter. What you're going to see is the, 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 the great heroes of faith, the patriarchs of faith, sinners saved by grace, just like me and you, that that faced great calamities, but they were committed to God. They didn't go by what they saw. They go by what, hey, what God has put in their heart. They walk by faith and not by sight. And some of them didn't make it, but they walked that way. I want you to look at numbers for me a minute. I had an Old Testament scripture that's really jumped on me yesterday. And it's, I think it's, it's uh, related or it's, you know, we see some uh, relationship to the situation we have with coronavirus. Well, here's the situation where God, in number 16, uh, had just killed the, uh, some of the, the prophets of Korah. And uh, he, he, through Moses, he just, you know, he, he opened the earth and swallowed them up. And so some of God's people got real concerned about it, and they started questioning God. They started complaining about that to God. See, God doesn't like that. And so what he does, he sends a plague. He sends maybe a virus. And look at verse 46. When all that was happening, I'm in Numbers chapter 16, and Moses said unto Aaron, take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar and put an incense and go quickly unto the congregation and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. You see that? What's your mind on that? I mean, you know, maybe... May the wrath have gone out from God. The plague is done. God does do these kind of things. He does. And then in verse 17, And Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people, and he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. I want you to see what's happening. God sends a plague. Maybe God sends a virus. Whatever it is, God was, people were dying. And they were dying because they were not faithful to God. And so what God says are through prophets, through Moses and Aaron, we've got to stop this. 
So what did they do? They made a sacrifice. They see the picture of Christ in this. Let's make an atonement. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was steady. And now they that died in the plague was 14,700 beside them that died upon the matter of Korah. And Aaron returned unto Moses and to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was steady. I thought it was a really great example of, of situations where, you know, you're not praising the sacrifice. I mean, those people really praised the atonement that was made. I know that's a figure of the New Testament of Christ, who is our Passover. But right now, we're to praise the sacrifice of the cross of Christ. Hey, that is the answer that we have. That is the only path that we have. And, and that is where we need to hang on and bless God in. That we have a mediator. We must have a mediator. And there must be a sacrifice. Why? Because we're God's people. That's why. And so what God is, and the only way that God will bring us to the point that he can love us unconditionally, that he blesses us, is that the blood of Christ brings us near to him. The sacrifice. Praise God that you are God's and that your sins are forgiven. And then also, we need a sacrifice because we still stray away. We still stray from God even after we're saved. We are like sheep, and we wander away from God. So I want you to see the path. And so we praise the sacrifice because the cross is the only path to God. Now, secondly, I want you to see it's also a pattern. It's a pattern. Uh, we praise the sacrifice or praise the cross because it's a pattern. It's a pattern of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he has said that among himself. You remember, he says, I came not. When he came to start his ministry on earth, he says, I came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to be a sacrifice for me. I mean, that's, he came to die. That's what Jesus came to do. And so we see this as a, as a pattern in this. Look up in the Old Testament again in Isaiah. Christ, here's, I bet you've already read these. In these times we're going in. Isn't it amazing how the word of God speaks to us louder when there's less to do or influence from the world? Look at this. Isaiah 53. You talk about a pattern. Jesus Christ in verse 3. Here's our Lord and Savior. He, that is Christ, is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely, in verse 4, he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Now look at verse 5 with me. But he, that is Jesus Christ, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Isn't that amazing? That's what we're healed. That, that, that is the pattern that we have, and the pattern is self-denial. And you know what? Because God loves us, and because God chose us from the foundation of the world, and then when God notifies us of that with the Holy Spirit, sometime in this place between two eternities called life on earth, uh, what then he begins, he justifies us fully by his grace. And that means that it's just as if we never sin. That doesn't mean that God is calling, I mean, proclaiming bad people to be good or, or winking at sin and saying, well, it really doesn't matter anyway. No. 
Well, what he's, how he justifies it is he himself became sin for us. He became, he sacrificed himself. Praise the sacrifice that God sacrificed himself for you and me. And, what, and we see that and what a blessing that is. And we need to be reminded of that in, in our lives that we go through this pattern though for for self-denial. Well, we don't we don't like this though, do we? I mean this pattern because there's suffering involved in this. But you know, that's how our faith grows. That's how we become stronger in our Lord. I mean, you know, we become closer to our families through these pandemics. We we seem to appreciate the birds and the flowers. I mean, I notice birds singing seem like they, they're sweeter, their melody is louder and more pronounced than ever before. But, but I, don't, I don't like it any more than you do, but I know that God is in control, and that is the comfort that we have. I know I've told some of you this story before, but I, I was a little boy, maybe 8 or 10 years old, and I remember we had a Progressive Farmer magazine somewhere in the house, and in the back of that Progressive Farmer magazine, there was an advertiser's section, and uh, I saw there where you could order a little incubator with, I don't remember, six or eight eggs. And I got that, I ordered it, COD, I still remember that. And I remember my mama got not very happy of it, but we, we got it when the post office notified us. And I remember that little incubator, I set it up and I read the directions and we were turning the eggs. My mother helped me set it up and, and we were turning the eggs, waiting for the hatch, just anticipating. And I'll never forget when I saw the first little chick or two come out, what an exciting time it was. I mean, you know, this is Easter. You know, we see them around or did anyways in one of the stores. But, but it's life. It's resurrection life. I mean, it's, it's a type of it, isn't it? So I remember, I remember saying, I want the rest of them just seem like it's a day to them. nobody hatched. And I said, I'm going to help them. So I started cracking the eggs myself. I didn't tell my mother that, but I was cracking them myself. And, you know, those eggs, yeah, they hatched. The ones I helped, but they all died. Why? Because I read lately as I got older that what happens, God in his nature, the biology of it all is when a, a chick is being hatched, when it takes its way through the shell, it's taking in some, some nutrients that it badly needs to, to process life and to go on. And so that is, that is a type but the pattern is that Christ came and we need to praise that circle because he set the pattern for us. You remember there was another exodus. Amazing how fickle God's people are. You go over to Numbers 21. I'm going to ask you to turn there, but it's a wonderful reading. You know the story of the brazen serpent. And here again, the people just complained. So what did God do? God sent a, a, a scorpion, you know, and they started biting the people. People started dying. So you wonder, you know, if God can use a scorpion, God can use a virus. I bet he can. He can do anything he wants to do. But the people started dying. So they all go to Moses and said, can you help us? And we got to have some help. They were sick. And, and so what happens, God tells Moses, take a brazen serpent, put it on a pole, and lift it up. And so when the people look on it, they will be healed. So that's what happens. You know, when you put Jesus and you lift Jesus up above everything else, that's where your healing comes in. That's when we're healed. And by the way, you know, Jesus used this same story in, in John uh, chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, when he said that even as Moses lifted up the, sun, lifted up the serpent of the world, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that all that look at him may be saved. Isn't that amazing? And it's not, it's not faith, it's the object of our faith. So that we praise the sacrifice. 
And what a blessing that is that we see that and that we understand that. You know, I mentioned a while ago how God saved us is so something we'll never figure out. I don't know why God saved us there like me. Uh, but I believe he did. I fully Oh, my, that's why I believe in the doctrines of grace. <laughs> that's it. I didn't get there myself because you know what? There's no way we can earn our salvation. It doesn't matter how good we've been or how good we want to be. What matters is the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, that he paid our debt. So, so there's divine, divine, divine accomplishment. This is salvation. And that means that God, by the sacrifice of himself, has redeemed his people and forever given the, forgiven their sins, past, present, and future. And it's not, it's not about human accomplishment. That's what the Galatians were confused about. You know, they were saying, well, you know, I can do this, I can do that. No, you can't. Not, not to please God. See, it's all about the praise of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about our works. It's not about religion. It's not about the domination. It's about praising the Lord Jesus Christ and lifting him up greater than anything else. Anything that we value in this earth, Jesus must be the praise of all that we have. Because what he's doing, here's the greatest point in my pattern, point I wanted to make to you. See, God says that all believers, all his children, are being conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God has to send a Bible, listen to me now, to conform us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ because that is the one that God sees as the praise of sacrifice that he will do it. And he's doing it, my friends, that he's conforming us. If you don't believe it, he's making us all think more than we've ever had about the Lord Jesus. And all of you, I, I know you have, you've been more sacrificial, you're helping people, your mind is how you can help people. Uh, you, you, it's, it's a pattern the way God does it. And, and you know, really, these believers, we need to go along in this world every day ready to die for Jesus. Ready to face martyrdom, if you will. Because, because you know what? That's the mentality. Paul says, I've been crucified to the world and the world to me. You know, just yesterday, I went to a local feed store to get a bag of feed or something. And, and the, you know, they're doing it curbside. And the guy came out and put my order in the truck. And he says, you want to you you put this on your account? Or, or do you, what do you want? I said, no, I'm going to pay for it. So, so I gave him my debit card. And you know what? I didn't tell you, but my thought is, this is where it's been hanging around me. I don't want to charge anything. No, 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 I don't have to because I made that. I mean, what I'm saying is, this is the mentality that we want to have. That I'm ready to go, Lord, if that's what you would have me. Because that's what praising the sacrifice is about. And that's the pattern that Jesus said and what a blessing God gives you. Now, lastly, and we probably could stay here a long time, but I'm not, is we praise the sacrifice because it's the power. See, Paul says the power is because God has given me a new heart. I don't think like I used to think. I know I still struggle. I know I do. But, but, but sin does not dominate, nor does it you. And the reason it doesn't is because of the power of the cross of Calvary. That's why we should praise the sacrifice. You know what? God will never ask us to do something he doesn't give us strength to do. He will not put more on us than we can handle. God is faithful to that. Why? Because we're kept 
by the power of his word. Look at 1 Peter with me just for a second. Here's some wonderful verses regarding uh, God's keeping us and the power that he gives us in our lives. 1 Peter chapter 1, he said in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Praise the sacrifice that happened. Verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Has that happened? Here it is. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. That's the power of the cross of Calvary. What a blessing. You know what? God, God, I just feel like he's, I know in my life, and I bet most of you agree, he's weaning us off of so much of this world. And, and you know what? I said to the other day, I feel clean. I do. I, I don't know. I, 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 I've said I know my sins are greater. I see them greater. But I see my Savior is greater. And I praise the cross. Of, seems like I see a cross everywhere. I noticed in Pine Street the other day, the little buds that's coming out there, they're little crosses. That's all they are. Yeah, everywhere you, you see the cross, the dogwoods are looming, and all of that is coming to see that the, the cross. So when we shelter in place, like we're doing, we are we are in in that arena when we see the power that God has given us uh, in the cross of Christ. And you know what? That is what holds us together, the cross. And so I pray that the Lord will bless all of us. You know, this is this is Jesus' time. Now, that's what this is. This is Jesus' time, and I pray that God would just fill us with a greater passion to love him and to understand this cross is what's holding us together, whether we're, whether we're here physically or not, but it's what holds us together, the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. May the Lord help us, enable us, because he's called us to praise the sacrifice. And that sacrifice, is the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave it, everything for you and for me. And he's going to bring us to him in heaven. Until that time, may we be content with such times that we have to always glorify him and to love him and to be more passionate and with our fervor and our zeal of wanting to be closer to God as we magnify the cross of Calvary. May the Lord bless you. Is my prayer. Bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you, Lord, for the, for the pattern that you give us of sacrifice. And even though, Lord, none of us like to go through these days, we pray that we'll make the most of them. We thank you, Lord, for the path that leads us to thee because we realize more than ever now that you are the only one that matters. And you've given us an access, a mediator, Jesus Christ. And we praise that sacrifice. We praise, Lord, the power that you give us. We don't know where it comes from. We understand, Lord, that we still struggle with sin. We often fail you, but God, we thank you for the power to, to just look up to you, to lift you up and, and ask for forgiveness and how you cleanse us and give us restoration and joy. Thank you, God, for all you do. Comfort us, Lord, and bless us and bless your people wherever they are. In Jesus' name I pray.